This is Hi, My Name Is, a podcast created by two very funny sober people. Hello, welcome to Hi, My Name Is. My name is Khani. My name is Jimmy. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about careers. So I guess we call it Hi. My name is Career. Career. Jinx. You don't owe me a beer. (laughs) Thank God. I haven't bought a beer in 15 years. Ever. I don't like beer. Oh, yeah. You were wine only. Vodka. Oh, I feel like I don't even know you anymore. Let's meet. Let's meet. Hi, I'm Khani. Let's talk about our careers and how we got here. So in this episode, we're going to get into career. We're going to talk about some of our past careers, what we do for work now, how we ended up getting to where we are and other stuff. Yeah. And I guess like the difference between working as a sober person in the world and working as like an active alcoholic or addict and like how Mm. that feels different for us today. Feels a lot different. Yeah. Less painful. Night and day. Day and night. So my first job was through my father. My father had someone who went to his synagogue who hired me. Mm. He owned a retirement center and I was supposed to be doing like managerial, I'm sorry, um, like office manager stuff. And then I ended up, it was a retirement center, like assisted living. Where was this? This was in Torrance, California. Okay. This is a suburb of Los Angeles. No one ever goes there. They shouldn't. Um, And Sorry to the people who live there. We support you and your choices. Um, I was, I think, 19 or 20 at the time. And I would drive an hour there. And sometimes on the way to work, I would pack a bowl, which is like, you know, those little one hitters. I didn't didn't know you smoked pot. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, a lot of it. I thought you were just a boozy Susie. Nope. We're learning a lot. So I would literally on the 405 freeway smoke on the way to work and then get there and be like, hi, and, um, and play bingo with the residents. So I'd set up bingo pins high off my mind and help T- these tuches, and ha- help these 80 and 90 year olds play bingo and bowling. Actually, that's why I said mm-hmm. the pins, it was bowling and bingo. B&B. So, yeah. Yep. It was an interesting time in my life. Um, it doesn't sound awful. It wasn't. Yeah. I miss it. <laughs> I mean, getting stoned and bowling with seniors, I mean... What could be better? Yeah. Honestly, when I think back to that time, it was before I started drinking heavily. Yeah. And um, I didn't know what responsibility was. So, like, you know, you asked me to show up to work, I'm going to show up. But, like, you didn't say I had to be sober. Okay. So... I would go and hang out with the residents also in their rooms. I remember there's one time. This is taking a turn. Nope, not that kind of hanging out. And um, his name was Bill and he was like so old and he just really liked me. No, we we had a connection and I would just go in there and make him laugh. And um, I don't know, it's just like, it was a nice time. Like, I feel like I did enhance his stay there. Do you know what I mean? Like I was like a bright light in these people's lives. I mean, I know you don't mean this to sound sexual, but it really does. Oh yeah. Enhancing his time there and all of that. (laughs) 
Yeah. Nope. I met his kids. They had they loved me. So you were his wife, basically. Still is making you're... this worse. Yeah, I'm just trying to express <laughs> some stories that happened when I was younger, and this man here just wants to throw me under the bus. Did um, you did you drive stoned a lot? Yeah. I found it very, very difficult to do. And I was always very paranoid. Um, I was high so much that if I wasn't going to drive, I would just be stuck. Like I had to drive. Mm, otherwise you wouldn't have gotten anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah. I, I, oh my gosh, you're reminding me of this one job that I had at the same time. This guy hired me to be his personal assistant because he didn't really live in LA, but he had an apartment. He had a house there that needed upkeep. So like I would like make sure the gardeners came and like paid his bills and he would leave me a stack of weed in the top drawer mm. of his dresser. Okay. And I would make, I would cut through an apple. You take the cork out and then you make a bong. Is it a cork or a, a core? core? What's the word? Core. Core. Cork is in the wine. Cork is in the wine. That you don't like. Correct. So I would make bongs out of this apple. I've smoked out of an apple before. You have? Yeah. I thought I was like teaching you something new. I was pretty excited. Okay. No worries. Um, so that was, that was my life. I was just like getting high all the time. I wasn't drinking as much because I was driving all the time and I didn't want to drink and drive. I yeah. don't think I ever drink and drove. Like I was very responsible. Okay. So that was one job that I had. That was mm. for a year. I did that for a year. That was your first job? My first real job. Like Okay. I had like camp counselor stuff when I was younger, mm. but like that was like my first job. And like the interview was like in my father's friend's office. And he was like, well, you're Rabbi Lisbon's daughter. So you got the job. And then there was no interview. Your people love camp. We do. When Why? you say your people, it feels the chosen, offensive. The chosen people. There we go. Yeah. It's a little better. <laughs> the Lord's chosen people mm. love camp. <laughs> Why is that? I think because the, 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 where I come from, the moms have so many kids. So when the mm. summer comes, they're like, get out of the house, yeah. go to summer camp, go to overnight camp. They just need a break. The moms need a break. Okay. You probably have what? Like a brother, a sister? No, there's five in my family. What? Yeah. How do I not know that? Because um, we only ever talk about you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> kind of. That feels accurate. Um, yeah, no, there's five. When we were at dinner last night and you were telling Hallie that your little brother you know, I was like, you have a little brother? I didn't even know you had a little brother who's 24 years old. That he's having a baby. We just yeah, learned. We, we just learned. Week. Mazel yes. tov. Tova. Lashana tova. No, that B'Sha'at tova means like it should be in good timing. Lashana well, tova is what you say in the new year. I don't know about the timing, but it will be good. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. Yeah. So, Uncle Jimmy. Yay. I have a lot of nieces and nephews. Didn't know that. Many, many, many. Had no idea. I should listen more. Yeah. Ask more questions. I don't talk about it a lot. Why? Because um, there's just so many. It's hard to keep track. So do I. All right. You can start. I'm available for that. Okay. Do you want to tell me your first job? I'm very curious to know your literal first job. My first job? Yeah. First, first job. Um. I can't even remember. I started working really young, at like 13, 14 years old. Um, I worked in a car wash. No. I had a, a girlfriend who would work the front desk at a oh car wash. And she got me a job like washing cars. And I grew up upstate New York and it was really cold in the winter. And th that was a really tough job. I lasted like two weekends doing <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, I love that you considered that a job. You lasted two weekends. 
Well, you said first. Okay. That was okay. the first job. Okay. Um, but I started in restaurants really young. Yeah. I started like 14 as a busboy okay. in restaurants. Were you drinking at the time, like as a 14 year old in the restaurant industry? Because I know that's like a big thing in that industry is drinking. Yeah. No, it definitely is. Um, I mean, yeah, I started drinking and partying pretty young, but it didn't get like super crazy until a bit later in life. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that industry is a tough one not to drink and yeah. use drugs. I mean, it's like it's hard work. You're dealing with people when they're really hungry. And for some reason that brings out the worst in people. Yeah. Um, they're not always super kind to you. Oh, I have a story. I was when I first started waiting tables in this diner, I worked in a lot of diners. Oh. Um, it was in a, a Jewish resort town. So like in the summer, it was super, super busy. And did you did you wear an apron? I wore an apron. Oh, I had a bow tie and a name tag. Oh, my God. Please yeah. tell me you saved it. I have a picture. Yes. Yeah. Um. I was so terrible when I first started. I can remember there was this couple sitting in the booth and I was giving them the worst service they've ever had in their <laughs> life. They were reading the newspaper, looking at help wanted ads <laughs> and circling jobs that I might be better at than I was as a waiter. Can you imagine? This is a true story. You can't make something like that up. So demoralizing. Oh, my God. Yeah. Did you go on any interviews of the jobs they circled? No. That would be hilarious. I thought they were looking for people to take over your job. Mm. Like in the newspaper, like this person's probably better at this. Yeah. But that's no. hilarious. They were trying to help me. Oh. Yeah. Did you so not a good, you didn't get good tips? Mm, no. No. Mm. Oh, but on Friday nights, we would get... um sober people that would come in oh from the meeting from the meetings and they would take a big table and they'd <gasps> sit in a, a certain area in the back of the restaurant and honestly i love sober people i'm sober but they were the worst really yeah the worst this is when can you we can, split the check oh yeah can we split the bell what's with sober people and splitting can checks? we split the bell why do we always split the because checks? no one wants to just pay for the whole thing and have everyone cover it and and pay them back it's just easier mm. to just pay it for what you ordered yeah do you understand and there's so many people that go and everyone's there from the meeting it's like 20 people buying a cup of coffee it's yeah. like i want to slit my wrist now oh we don't support no, no 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 um so yeah they were insufferable the, oh. the sober people nobody wanted to wait on them they would sit there all night with coffee oh, and for sure. cigarettes they, they, you were allowed to smoke oh. inside and they weren't time. ordering real food right maybe no. like a grilled cheese if you were lucky very difficult people to okay stop. to take care of stop. this is my memory as a young person wait how did you know they were sober did they tell you they were sober i mean everybody just knew they were like the aa the people from that meeting Mm, interesting. We can edit that in post. <laughs> <laughs> we say words that we have no idea what they mean, but definitely edit that in post. Post Malone. <laughs> I've heard this post before. I'm not post office. You take it to the post office. <gasps> We're going to take it to the post office. And they'll edit it for you. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna take care of that for sure. Yeah. That's what they do, right? A hundred percent of the time. Um, okay. So interesting. And that was upstate? That was upstate New York. Yeah. Okay, when did you get here to New York City? Well, after high school, I moved further upstate. I moved to Rochester, New York, yeah. which is like all the way up western, yeah. western New York, near the border of like Canada. 
Um, and I started working in nightclubs and bars and okay. like drag bars. And okay. it was super, super fun. Um, it was like a great experience for an 18 year old wow. leaving a small town. I mean, Rochester's still small are still town, pretty small, but huge queer community really? and amazing drag scene. There's like three queens that have gone on to RuPaul's Drag Race and like something in the water up there. Take note. You heard it here first. Yeah. Mm. Wow. So that was fun, but also it really propelled my partying, mm. like took it to another level. Yeah. I mean, my best friend at that time was this drag queen who's now sober and we're actually still really good friends. Um, but she was about 15 years older than me. Okay. And she was a boozer, you know, like she yeah. definitely like to drink. But I can remember one night we were sitting at my kitchen table after being out for a really long time. And I remember her looking at me and being like, you know, I just never drank as much as you did when I was your age. She's like, you're really like getting a head start. Oh. <laughs> yeah. How did that feel to hear from someone that was actually drinking still? Um, I, I took note of it, mm. you know, yeah. I, I, obviously I never forgot it, but this was somebody that I, like our whole relationship was around drinking. Wow. I made a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. A Were lot of you, fun. So you're like serving tables at the bar? Like what are you doing as um, like in that nightlife? Well, I started working in the coat check. Oh, the coat check. Yeah. It was actually really fun. Um, and then bartending and okay. working the door. Oh, interesting. You're a, you're a bartender? I was a bartender. Would you want to work on my show, an Orthodox comedy show? I'm, I'm down one bartender next month. Um, Fast forward. Mm, you can think about it. I don't really handle booze anymore. Correct. 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 Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Lapse of judgment on my part. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, I loved bartending. I feel like this is like a bit all over the place, but I loved... I mean, there's something about like being in my own space behind the bar mm. and then just like managing the crowd and the people. Yeah. And it was very social, but like I didn't have to talk too much to anybody for too long. Yeah. And I, I was really good at it. I mean, I worked at some great places in New York City and I met a lot of really cool people and yeah. I had a lot of really fun experiences. Were you the kind of bartender that you were like, one for you, two for me or No. I, towards the end of the night, yeah. like towards the end of my drinking career and the end of the night is when I would start to like really hit it. Hit it. Yeah. But early on, not really, but I made drinks really, really strong for people. And I would tell them like, they would take a sip and be like, whoa. You're like, you're welcome. I'd be like, I make them the way I want to drink them. Oh my God. I yeah. Um, so yeah, bartending for a I long time. I never bartended. I can't mm. imagine partying with alcohol and giving it to someone else. Yeah. It's just not a life I wanted to live. Well, I did stop working at a really cool place because um, I felt depressed mm. seeing the same people who obviously had drinking problems. Like I'm not trying to take anybody's inventory, but, you know, you can sort of gauge after yeah. a while, like the same people that come every day at the same time and you can see like when their personality changes the shift yeah yeah and there would be some people that like i really enjoyed them a lot 
But then like once they hit that certain point with whatever drink it was, the third drink or yeah. whatever, the, their personality would change completely. Oof. And some people were like unpredictable or like mean or violent. <clears throat> Not those people per se, but I mean, there were definitely like fights and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, but I left that job because that got really depressing for me. Like I felt bad about myself doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good for you for leaving. Yeah. Thanks. I didn't stop drinking for a long time Got after it. that, but. <laughs> Sorry, that's not funny. Mm. What about you after? Uh, after that. The I, senior center. I moved to New York. Oh, bright lights. Big city. Big city, little girl. I, um, I was about to be 21. And um, it was actually perfect timing because that was when I started drinking a lot. And it was amazing because I was taking the train everywhere. So I didn't have to worry about drinking and driving. Mm. I loved being drunk on the subway. It was such a good feeling, like that buzz. And then the moving, I just mm. like, it's like, I just like didn't give a shit. I just like get on the train. I don't know. I can't explain it. What about when you had to pee? What's happening right now? Why are we ruining my buzz? I was having a good time <laughs> thinking about that. Whatever. I don't know. It was know. always you, a problem for me. Really? Like, yeah. If I was drinking and I got on the train, like, Oh, I, I don't know. I pee. wasn't going that far, oh. but, um, I, this is what happens. So I moved to New York with no plan. Mm. Like literally my friend was visiting from New York. She was sitting at my sister's job table and she was like, you should move to New York. And I was like, you're right. And yeah. I was like, okay, I guess I'm moving to New York now. It's the gift of youth. I gave Fearless. two weeks notice at my job at the retirement center. I handed my dad the keys of a car that he had bought for me that I was paying off every month. And I'm like, I guess it's yours now, dad. Mm. And uh, moved to New York. No job, nowhere to live. Suitcase, one-way ticket. How many dollars in your pocket? I feel like you missed 452. I love that you remember. People always remember exactly how much money. $452 in my bank account. Yeah. And it's actually more than I have today. So uh, what are you going to do? No, I'm kidding. It's a full circle it's moment. A full circle moment. Would you ever do something like that now? No. Yeah. No, but I was... Aren't you glad that you did it then? Yes. Yeah. If I never Fearless. left LA, oh my God. You know, a lot of people want to get to LA. So no, I, if I never go back, I'll be okay. Oh. Don't tell that to the Laugh Factory. I'm coming out there for you guys. God willing. And the creek don't rise. I hate it when people say that. Have you heard people say that? I don't that? know what that means. Lord willing and the creek don't rise. When people are talking about like an upcoming The sober, creek don't rise. Is that like a Jesus thing? Um, it sounds like it. It's probably from like the Bible belt. Yeah. Um, no, it's an expression. When I never, people are like. And the creek don't rise. The creek doesn't rise, is, does it? Um, I think it, sometimes creek it, rises. It does. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it was flooding. Um, Typhoon. Um, you never heard this before? Mm -mm. You're not going to the right meetings. Oh, well, you are. Okay. <laughs> when they're talking about an upcoming anniversary. I never heard that. They'll be like, on the 31st, I have eight years. God willing, the creek don't rise. Or we'll say the creek. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I don't know that saying. Oh, well. I should probably get out more. Um, so then I moved to New York and um, I got here on a Sunday night, I think. And I was hanging out with my friend two friends and both of them were working in the diamond industry. Mm. They both had jobs on 47th street for different companies. And one of them was like, Oh, we're looking to hire someone. I was like, okay, cool. I went in for the interview that Wednesday. I started the following Sunday and I was there for 16 years. Holy Jesus. Oh yeah. 
That's a long time. Oh, yes, it is. Did you get any diamonds? Yes, they're in my ears right now. You can't see them, though, because of these headphones. Okay. Did I lose any diamonds? Yes. Oh, let's talk about that. Why? I'm Okay, fine. Let's talk about that. Did you get in trouble? No. It was so crazy. <laughs> Did they know? Yes. And they they had so many, they didn't care. They had so many. They're like, oh, that kind of sucks. I'll see you on Monday. Were they insured? Yeah. No, they were insured, but they didn't make a claim because if you make a claim, your insurance goes up. They were mm. literally just like, Ugh. All right. They were real big. You win some, you lose some. You, the diamonds that you lost oh, were really yeah. big? 3.12 F VS2, I think, or VVS2, which is like a really high color and clarity. And the other one was a 2.12, 3.12 and a 2.10. Like they were both over $50,000 wow. each. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How does one lose the $50,000 diamonds? These are good questions. I believe somebody took them off my desk. Okay. I've never, I've never bought a diamond. I don't oh, actually Oh, we don't know actually know what diamonds. happened to them, unfortunately. I did get a Range Rover about two weeks later, but mm. we don't know what happened to the diamonds. Coincidental. Yes. Yeah. So is it odd or is it God? You know? Did you like that job? I love the Range Rover. What? The job. Oh, no. 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 16 years. 16 years. I was living in a lot of fear. And that I... lose diamonds? No, I wasn't scared. <laughs> Fear makes I sense. should have been more scared about losing diamonds yeah. with the amount of diamonds that I lost. Did lose a couple more a couple of years later, but those were like broken diamonds that I was, they were on their way to get fixed. Mm. So thank God I lost them on the way up the stairs instead of on the way down. The okay. point is I paid for those because those were only a couple hundred dollars. I'm like, I got this. Don't even worry about it. And I mm. paid them back. He was like, what happened to the ones from seven years ago? I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, gonna, not insane. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. We don't have to talk about those. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I was there for 16 years. Um, I honestly thought I was going to die answering that phone. Mm. There was not a world in which I saw myself leaving. I was so scared of not having health insurance, of not having a steady salary. And I just stayed and I stayed and I watched as all my friends, like, you know, followed their dreams and created careers for themselves. That's a long time. Like mm. literally during that span of 16 years, we've had like three or four presidents. Like my friends had gotten married, gotten divorced, had kids, gotten married again. And I was like answering the phone in the morning, 930 in the morning in Midtown. And I was like, this is not a way to live. This mm. is not a way to live. This is not why God put me on this earth. So diamonds, drinking, disaster. <laughs> <laughs> the three D's of Honey's life. <laughs> I actually do have uh, triple D's. Anyways. Um, do you? Yeah. I wear a minimizer. Uh, you wear them well. <laughs> um, so do you think that your stunt, so to speak, was because you were drinking? Like all that fear of moving on? The stunt of what? Losing the diamonds? I lost no, them no, within no. the first year. No. Like being sort of stunted in that job, being too fearful to move on. Like you said, your friends were all like advancing. Yeah. And do you think that your drinking had to do with why you didn't want to move on? No, because I got sober and I was there for another seven years. Mm. Okay. I think I needed that to feel safe, yeah. right? It gave me the structure, even though I, I felt jealous or like it wasn't fair. There was a part of me that felt safe there. Yeah. And I needed that safety to recover from 
a lot of trauma that I was going through. Like these people loved me unconditionally. And no matter what I brought them, they just were like, oh, that's Hani. She's just being Hani. You know yeah. what I mean? And I needed that kind of safety net to heal the way that I healed. Mm. Right? They were like, classic Hani. <laughs> Look at her not showing up. No, I showed up. But like I had a mental break at one point and like needed yeah. to take a week off and go get help. And they're they like, great, paid. Don't worry about it. We'll see you when you're back. Like yeah. they were so nice to me. And the money consistently coming in helped made me feel safe mm. in a way that I needed it. Yeah. And so I, I don't think towards the end it had anything to do with drinking. It was just fear of like trusting God would provide if I, you know, didn't have that job. But I'm very grateful to them. I think that's so common. That's like a big thing for people sober, not sober, like especially around career, trusting that you'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. It's so scary. It's so scary. And I, you know, I, I, I only left that job because I got offered another job in the diamond district. Okay. So I was on 47th street for 16 years and I moved up one block. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on up. <laughs> Moving on up to 48th street, bitches. Um, and then I got fired from that job six months later. Okay. Cause that woman, like she poached me. She was like, I want you, I want you. And then I, she had me and she's like, I don't want you. And then she fired me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, interesting. I was there for 16 years and they, there was nothing I could do to get fired. And with yeah. her, you know, like six months in, she was like, this is not a good match. And I was mm. like, okay. And I couldn't, I didn't want to go back. There was no way I was going back. That was just the, the, the thing that got me off of the, the off of diamonds forever and midtown in general. I won't go there. Did, Unless you sedate me. Did you lose her diamonds? Is that Didn't why? lose any diamonds. I think oh, okay. it was more a personality clash. Mm. I think it was also more that I, um, I think deep down I knew I didn't want to be working in the diamond industry. Like what? Yeah. I'm a creative person and I want space to be able to express myself and to be doing my comedy. And after that, after she, her firing me is what actually like started my comedy career. Mm. Because I didn't have a job anymore. I got on unemployment. It was back before it was cute. You know, it was before the pandemic. No yeah. one even knew about it. It I'm was kidding. underground. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I would like. Trailblazer. I would Airbnb Always. my apartment. And like literally move out of my apartment. My roommate was so cool. She's like, yeah, I love meeting new people. So she uh -huh. would stay home in her space and I would rent out my space, cover my rent and then like move in with my friend Eva, like uh, up the street. Okay. It was amazing. It was such a crazy time. It sounds chaotic. It was chaotic for sure. Um, but I did a lot of open mics. I did like three a day, I think. I was just like open mic, open mic, open mic. And mm. then I got booked on some shows. I started producing a show, um, a monthly show. Um, and yeah, I mean, that was like the beginning. And then I did start working for The Frock okay. uh, like a year later. And the frock is what? The frock is an online clothing brand that my friends own. It's a modest fashion brand. Mm. So it's like geared for religious women, but it's not only for religious. Like they have like cool stuff. Hip. Hip. Yeah. As the kids would say. Are they saying hip? Anymore? Are you um, a modest woman? I am not modest. Okay. Are you immodest? I am immodest. Yeah. I wear pants, which is very immodest. Mm. Okay. What about you? When did you get into real estate? What about me? Tell me all the things. Um, yeah. So I work in real estate now. Um, 
I, the last bartending job I had, um, it just wasn't going great. I mean, I wasn't showing up all that mm. much. I think that's an important part of bartending is showing up. Yeah. Being there to make, yeah, make to give the, the drinks, drinks. Yeah, for yeah, the people. Yeah. Um, my coworkers had to cover for me a lot. Mm. Um, I, I mean, my way of thinking was just really not well at that point. Um, I knew, like, I would know the day before if I was going to have to call out the next day. Like, I would meet friends for happy hour. And then I'd be like, all right. I'd be at a certain point and I'd be like, um, okay, I can either go home now or I can just, like, say, fuck it. Tomorrow I'll call out and I'll yeah. just, like, drink the way I want to drink. Yeah. And I did that a lot. I would, like. Your coworkers probably hated you. Hated. Hated. Um <sighs> Yeah, one person in particular, I can remember, I was working with her one night behind the bar and she was like so cold to me. And then she actually like confronted me and she was like, you know, we have to cover for you all the time and whatever she said. And I was so mad at her. I was actually like so offended. I was like, I can't believe you have the nerve to speak to me that way. I mean, that's how deep my denial was oh. and like my selfishness. Yeah. Like I only cared about myself but I just thought that like people couldn't actually see what, what was, was going on yeah yeah I mean it's kind of obvious yeah when I mean not for us while it's happening though yeah no I mean the denial runs deep yeah deep are you still okay wow <laughs> Whoa. Who, 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 who's that Jimmy <laughs> um are you still in touch with that person I think say am I still in denial um no oh, okay yeah no interesting um, but the person who owned that establishment, it was a pretty boozy place. I mean, everybody was pretty boozy there. What was it called? I don't okay. want to say. Got it. Um, because I'm saying that they're boozy. Yeah. Um, they but it's a bar. Shouldn't it be boozy? I'm very confused. Yeah. But okay, like, I don't want to throw, throw the, yep. the owner under the bus. Um, when I left, they said to me like, I know like maybe you had some issues and like you didn't show up all the time, but when you were here, you were like so amazing and people oh. loved you that like, we probably never were going to fire you or like let you go, which, you know, like great. That's nice to hear. But yeah. also like, that's not a very healthy environment, no. you know, like yeah. that's just enabling. Yeah. Yeah. So from there, um, well, actually, one of my regulars uh, who would come in every Friday night owned a real estate company. Oh. And I actually, I had my license. I'd gotten it How? years before. How did I have it? Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, like I was just looking for different work at different times and I'd be yeah. so tired of serving alcohol. I answered a Craigslist ad. I thought it was like a, a, like a front desk position <laughs> or admin. It was something really cryptic. Yeah. And I went to this place and they were like, oh, like you can get your real estate license. You, we'll, we have a school. You can do it for free. You just have to work for us for like three months afterwards. Oh. It was like a total pyramid scheme type oh. of place. Um, but they gave you your license? Well, yeah. Like I went to school. I did their school and I got my license. But then I never did anything with it for a while after that. Um, so this person who owned the real estate company, yeah. she, she would come in every Friday night and she was like, oh, honey, you should hang your license in my office. And like, if you refer people uh, from the bar, we'll give you a referral fee or something. So oh. 
I did that. I put my license there and I never did anything. Like I never referred anybody or. Right. And then when I sort of hit that breaking point with bartending, like I had done a million times, I was like, what am I going to do with my life? I can't do anything except work in a bar. That's actually like a really scary feeling. I'm sure people can relate to it when it comes to money. Oh, for sure. Like not feeling like you can do anything else. So like you have any other choices. I didn't have a degree. I was 37 years old and I was like, I, this is the only thing I'm going to ever, no one's going to pay me the salary that I'm making here. Yeah. I don't, I'm not qualified. And I mean, working environments where it's like super boozy too. Like, and that's the only thing that Mm. you feel like you can do. Yeah. And then people will be like, you can't work behind a bar. And I'm like, well, are you going to pay my fucking bills? Like, yeah. You know, wait. So, so when, did you actually start working for that woman when you started the real estate? I did. Yeah. So I had that moment where I was like, what, wow. am, what am I going to do? And then I was like, well, wait, you have another job technically. So I just called them and I was like, hey, what if I just come work here? And they were like, yeah, come. But so, I, I wasn't sober though. And it, so I wasn't uh, good for a while. Like my ability to show up still wasn't great. Okay. Um, That wasn't like the turning point in my life right, where right. things got good. Yeah. They just got good like two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, three and a half years ago, they got good. That's when I got sober. Wow. Um, but actually working as an independent contractor without a boss per se, like working for yourself, when you're an active alcoholic addict, it's, bad. it's not great because like you don't really have to show yeah, up. Yeah, There's no accountability. You're just not making any money. No money, but also like there's no salary. So how did you pay your bills? Um, you know, I did enough to get by for a while. But you were doing like uh, rentals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the beginning. When did you get the license for selling? It's the same license. Really? Yeah. There's like one. Well, there's a salesperson's license and a broker's license. But you can, if you have the salesperson's license, you can do whatever. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So why aren't more people selling houses? Why are, why is all the Jews, why are all the Jews in rentals? Are they? Yeah. All of them. Um, I not don't know. all of them, but a lot of them that I know. Hmm. I don't know. Interesting. It's a faster pace. Oh, the turnover is fast over. Yeah. Fast. Fast over. It's fast. <laughs> fast wow. thing in Passover. I am you just pretty in, Jewish. You invented another holiday. Fast over. <laughs> Just what you needed. Another holiday. I know. Every time Jimmy wants to hang out, I'm like, I can't. It's a holiday. He's like, are you kidding? It was just a holiday two days ago. I wouldn't even know if you were making it up because I don't know what the words I'm mean. I'm never making it and up. It's <laughs> always a holiday when I say it's a holiday. Today is fast over. <laughs> Happy fast over. I am not fasting. <laughs> um. So, yeah, that was. What year was that when you switched? Mm. It was like 13 years ago. Wow. Yeah. I've been doing it for a minute. Wow. But I will say, okay, so I got sober three and a half years ago and my career changed significantly. Um, just being able to to show up and start to like work on my own self-esteem mm-hmm. and image of myself um, and just believe more in myself. Um, it just attracted more people to me and you know it's it's really been a steady incline ever yeah. since I got sober wow. it's just gotten better and better in ways that I, I couldn't imagine if anybody needs a house in the New York tri-state area or just New York just New York just New York 
You licensed to, professional in New York. You have to have a, a license for each okay. state. Okay. Um, this is your guy right here. Yeah. Have you ever worked with sober people before? In a professional setting? In a professional capacity. Um, besides for this relationship right here? Is this professional? Some could say, but I don't, it doesn't who? feel. Who would dare? <laughs> who, who would say? Um, <laughs> who? 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 Who are these people you speak of? What are you, um, an owl? Okay. I don't think I have. Mm. No. In the comedy scene, not a lot of sobers? I mean, in the comedy scene, yes. But I'm saying like working, working, no. Yeah. Um, I I co-produced a show for like a year with a girl who was sober also. We did it. It was called the Hani and Cher show. Like the Cher? But it wasn't that Cher. Her name is Cher, but that's it's oh, a different okay. Cher. Yeah. Hmm. There's, um, there's we only were, one Cher. No, there's, <laughs> don't tell that to my friend. Um, but in terms of like jobs, I haven't worked for anybody. Like I haven't. I haven't. I'm, I'm curious to know what that would be like, because I feel like there's like this, you know, shared language that we have. Mm. And um, I'm wondering if like the communication is better or, you, you know, like you would assume that it would be. But I'm assuming from your smirk that you have a different experience. Have you ever worked with someone that was sober? I have worked with someone who is sober. Um, I would say pros and cons. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't know that the cons necessarily had anything to do with sobriety, though. Right. Um, but pros, um, operating from the position of trying to be of service mm -hmm. and not just in like a, how am I be at your service? Like cheesy salesy way. <laughs> yeah. Like really like trying to show up and be of service. To the clients. To the people. Yeah. Um, yeah. That. That was cool. Um, I mean, like bringing a higher power into certain stressful situations yeah. was great. And you great. have that language that feels normal to talk about. Yeah. Like, let's say a prayer if we're about to have a hard conversation or, you know, going not into... Not wanting to be resentful towards people right. because it's not great for us. Right. Because we know that. Yeah. Um, meditation, prayer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was good in that in that way. Um, I mean, it ultimately didn't work out. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that it had anything to do with sobriety. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's just like a personality thing, but I've actually, so that was like working with somebody, but I've worked for a lot of sober people. Oh really? Yeah. I've had a ton of sober clients. Oh. Help them buy homes, sell homes. Okay. Now this is, might be a personal question. Do the, is it, Easier to work with sober people or sometimes they're just as crazy as people who are not sober. Just as crazy. Cool, 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 cool. Everybody's crazy yeah, in real estate. Yeah, we're all trying our best to get what to we want. To drive me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our mission in life is to make you crazy. Yeah. Um, no, you know what? I have a lot of respect for the process because it's the biggest purchase someone's going to make yeah. in their entire lives. And money brings up a brings out the weirdest parts of people. Slash the worst. Yeah. I, I, I'm I in a 12 step money program. I'll just say that right here. Okay. And money brings up things and people that you would have no idea. Yeah. People that you see as like confident and confident. Right. 
what he said and like wealthy, it doesn't matter. You, you, you bring money involved and all of a sudden it's like, we turn into this, for me, I turn into like a little child and mm. my reaction is not, does not match up to my age. Mm. If I think someone's trying to pull one over or, you know, it's like. It does, it can bring out the worst. Yeah. 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 So I don't know that I would get into business with a sober person again, although like this is a bit of a business Mm-hmm. endeavor here in, yeah. in some ways. Yeah. Um, but in real estate, I probably wouldn't do that again. Right. Um, but I, I do love working for sober people. Yeah. Having them as clients. Um, I, I wouldn't say that they're any more like scared or neurotic. I don't know if that's the right word than right. anybody else. You know, right. I, every deal is very specific and people handle things differently. Yeah. I do. I've had the, I've had the good fortune of helping people like buy their first homes, which is like a huge thing for anyone in general, but like, um, as a sober person, like that's a, that's a huge gift. Yeah. People who like couldn't afford to pay their rent at different points because of their addiction. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like full circle. Wow. Do they, um, have they ever invited you to live with them after purchasing their home from you? Mm, Not live. Okay. Yeah. Visit. Yeah. Can we go have a barbecue at one of their houses in the next couple of weeks? That would be fun. Oh, we probably could. Okay, great. Yeah. Can everybody who's listening come? Mm, Yeah. Okay. For sure. You heard it here first. You're all invited. You heard? (laughs) (laughs) So... I don't know. This feels like a good time to go into our next segment. Talk yes. about it. Don't drink about Talk it. Talk about it. Don't drink about it. Who this, came up with that? It's so brilliant. It's pretty good. So good. Yeah. Um, do you want to read the question that we have? Yeah. We so have a couple, but I'm going to let you choose which this one is, it is. This is our, our segment where you all write in with your questions for us to people who are completely unqualified to answer any of them. Yeah. But, we're not professionals just yeah. to reinstate. We are not professionals. We are just people that are sober. Good luck to us all. Here we go. <laughs> Seems like a oh, long this one. Is a, it's a profe- it's some- professional career related one. Okay, perfect. In cutthroat industries like television, relationships are based on trust, having one another's back. Oftentimes that trust is built on the notion of work hard, play hard. Once bread is broken and alcohol flows, I love that bread is broken. It's so mafia. (laughs) And alcohol flows. We break in the bread. (laughs) Jewish mafia. Um, Once alcohol, what does it say? Once bread is broken Mm -hmm. and alcohol flows, the path to a trusting relationship can seem established. Mm. It's not the big parties that are problematic where one can seemingly party like the rest of them, blending into the crowd, but with a glass of seltzer, splash of cranberry in hand. It's the smaller, high power. Intimate dinners, VIP, if you will, or drinks, where the prerequisite for trust means becoming vulnerable with one another, which is often presumed to be earned through drinking. Without alcohol, one can even be seen as guarded or hiding something, not leveling, hence totally not trustworthy. These are the types of situations I have found the most challenging over the years. What's your experience navigating these circumstances if the dinner or small event is important to attend? And what can you recommend to others? That's an amazing question. Wow. And that came from a television network news executive in New York City. Okay. 
high rollers here. Yeah. No big deal. We see you. We see you out there. Um, wow, there's that's a, a that's lot. A, yeah, there's a lot of parts to that question. You know what's so interesting is that I totally understand the question in a way that like before I got sober, if I knew someone was sober, I didn't trust them. Mm. There was an there was a part of me that was like, do you think you're better than me? Because you don't have to drink. Mm. And I can't. I don't have personal experience with that specific yeah. question. I'm wondering if you do. Um, kind of. Yeah. But I mean, I think I'm not a television executive. Right. But I'm saying in general, like the idea of like, you know, even taking your clients out for drinks after like, you know, when you meet them, like there is a camaraderie that that is created when people are drinking. And when, if you're going to a bar and you say, oh no, thank you. I'll have a seltzer. It does put off a little bit of a wall mm. because then we're not both doing the same thing. It does create a separation. Yeah. Um, so we have no answers. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, you know what? For me, I don't care. Mm. I know that might be a weird answer, no, but like, keep I, going. I, I actually, hear more. I don't care. Like if it is the necessary thing to do is to like go and have drinks. Um, I can do other things with clients. Mm. We can go for coffee. We can have a meal. We can do something else if it's, you know, if we need to spend time together in that way, mm -hmm. have a meeting. I don't need to have meetings where it's at a bar and we're drinking. Like fortunately in my in your industry, you're sort of in control because you're the person setting the meeting. But I think this person was talking about when the meeting is like, hey, we're meeting at this restaurant. It's going to be like five really important people yeah. and we're going to break bread and have the alcohol flowing. Yeah. And you're the one person sitting there who's like, no, thank you. I, I don't know. I'm trying to imagine because like I know I've been in situations where. Like, okay, for instance, like I was hanging out at the comedy cellar a couple years ago with like this comic who was passed there. And, you know buying drinks for the table and there is an element of like oh everybody's going to be drinking we're all the same and yeah. i was sober so i was like no thank you and i i it 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 there is a little bit of a separation that happens you can't avoid it yeah when you're in that situation and this was a place where i was dying to be like i'm at the comedy cellar mm. i'm hanging out with comedians that i admire they're getting drinks for the table and everyone's like ah shots you know and it's like yeah no thanks Maybe that's why he never let me open for him. <laughs> I'm kidding, but I don't, I I mean, don't know. It's not the same for me. You okay. know, like I had an experience with some clients many years ago that I did party with them and like we had a lot of fun. Okay. Um, they were pretty big boozers and like we went out, they came to like gay clubs with me and like after hours, but it's a straight couple. Um, so fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. But I would like, blackout by the end of the night and i would i don't remember like what happened nothing terrible ever happened that i know of right but when they <laughs> went to sell their home in the future they didn't call me mm. i'd worked with them to help them buy and i know that it's like because. yeah they saw me in that way and oh. so i just even before i got sober i wouldn't mix that again because it's bad for business oh. so I don't have any control over what happens to me when I drink my so response to alcohol. So it's just. So you think it's good that you're sober? Um, I mean, it's fine. No. Yes. It's incredible. Um, you so know, that happened one time. And then after that, you never mixed partying with your clients ever. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty impressive. 
that you were able to be like, whoa, that affected my business and then just only party with other people? I mean, I would work under the influence because I was... Right. But I'm saying if they said, hey, let's go out for drinks, you wouldn't do that with them anymore. Yeah. No, I didn't. Wow. After that. You learned your lesson after one time. That's like pretty fast. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. I don't know. This, so this question, I guess I would just play the tape forward and just know that like, it's not the same for me. And you just show up in the way that you can, Yeah, you know, like, yeah, this is who we are now as sober people. We yeah. can show up in really amazing ways, mm-hmm. even if we think we're different than other people. And maybe we are, but usually the awkwardness and however we feel on the inside is not really transmitted externally or like people don't pick up on it as much as we Think. think they are. Yeah. 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 I think a lot of, I think you're right. I, I don't think a lot of people are noticing if we're drinking or not, but I think the people question, don't care. Right. But at the same time, when you're in a very specific situation, I think they do care. Like yeah. if there's like a big deal on the table and they're like, let's all get a drink, you know, and it's like, I'll have a water. Like there is, I'm aware that that does create a little bit of a schism mm. at the table, but there's nothing we can do about it. I think, I think the thing for me would be to trust that my employer, my higher power, my, the power that's in my life is bigger than that schism. And that can still bring abundance into my life despite not including myself in those drinking times. Does that make sense? Like, I don't believe that if I stay sober during those times, it's going to hold me back from getting more business. Like I just can't live like that because otherwise I'm going to drink. I actually don't think it's true though, at least for me. Yeah. Cause I've, I've, gotten some really big deals in sobriety. Humble brag. Yes, Jimmy, get it. Sorry. I don't even know whose voice that was. Keep going. (laughs) Work. (laughs) I, I don't think I've ever lost anything because I wasn't drinking. Right. Right. Any deals. Right. right. And I would, I know that I would have lost them if I was drinking. Having said what you just said, I for sure know that if I was drinking and like staying out late, I would probably get booked more Mm. because that's the culture after the show people are hanging and I don't participate in that. At the same time, I don't think I could do comedy if I was drinking. Mm. So like I could get booked more because I'm socializing with everybody, but I would be an asshole and nobody would want to book me ever. So you wouldn't be as good. Yeah. I I cannot imagine doing comedy with an alcohol, with alcohol in my body. I would have, I I don't even want to think about it. So there is a part of me that's like, yeah, well, if I partied more, I'd get booked more. It's like, yeah, but you actually wouldn't get booked more because you would be drunk. Yeah. And it wouldn't be good. No. Yeah. Well, I hope that answered the question. I hope that was helpful for our our, our network executive television person who wrote then that question. Thank you. Thank you for the question. Thank you for trusting us. If anyone has a question they want to send to us, we would love to um, answer it. Yeah, and let's hope we learned the email by now. What's our email address? I believe our email is... Hi. hi. You go. You say <laughs> it. You say it. Hi, my name is recovery at gmail.com. That is one word, no spaces. Say it again. Hi, my name is recovery at gmail.com. Say it three times fast, standing up backwards. I think, nope. I think that was sufficient. Yeah, I think we got it. Yeah. Take one. So, I mean... Career. That's us. Career. Our careers. Career. (laughs) Career. I do feel like we, I could talk more in my career if we wanted to like jump into this another time. I feel like you could also share more. I think that was enough. I would, I don't want to hear anymore. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) And this is our last episode ever. Thank you for tuning in. (laughs) Thank you for coming. We're going to figure the rest out on our own and keep doing what we were born to do. God willing. And the crick don't rise. (laughs) 
That's what you call a full circle moment. It's called a callback, my friends. And this man is a very good learner. Bye. There's your podcast. Bye. Somebody has to turn it off. Who's going to be? You, your bigger hands.